0: This episode of Juice Guru Radio is brought to you by TryBest, making healthy living easy.
1: Welcome Welcome to Juice Guru Radio. Discover what the magic and power of juicing can do for you. And now, your host, best-selling author of The Complete Idiot's Guide to Juice Fasting, Steve Prusak.
0: Well, hello, welcome to the show. I'm Steve Prusak, and we're so excited. uh, When life gets crazy, can you keep your cool? Our guest today is mindfulness expert Julie Podiker, author of the new book, Life Falls Apart But You Don't Have To, Mindful Methods for Staying Calm in the Midst of Chaos. We're going to hear all about strategies for keeping calm in this crazy world. So get yourself a juice, some tea, or water. We'll be back right after this with Julie Podiker.
1: Did you know you can make a great living in the hottest new business trend today? The Juice Guru Certification Program is the world's first online course to give you the knowledge and marketing skills to excel as a juicing coach and start making money in no time. Find out more at JuiceCoachTraining.com. Juice
0: welcome back to the show hello it's so great to be with you i've got julie poddicker here again her new book life falls apart but you don't have to we're gonna have links for that up at juice girl radio her website mindfulmethodsforlife.com we'll have links for that under the show notes and that's where it's all going down let's look into the show right now julie poddicker
1: hey there steve
0: hey julie life's crazy
1: it certainly is and it just seems to be getting crazier
0: is it is that a trend? Is that what's going on? Take us back. What got you into the kind of work you're doing? Because your story is pretty extraordinary. Uh, how did you get into mindful, mindfulness work and what led to the book? So it's
1: interesting that you think my story is extraordinary because what I find is that most people that get into the personal growth business do so because of their own personal crisis. And that's certainly true for me. Um, I have three kids. And two of them are identical twin girls. And when they were in middle school, I thought I was losing my mind. So I went to a neurologist. I got an all clear on the brain scans. But what I didn't get an all clear on was too much going on in the brain. And so he recommended mindfulness-based stress reduction, which is a super solid old curriculum. John Kabat-Zinn, 40 years old, this curriculum, been studied up, down, sideways, and I took it and I was like, whoa, there is seriously something to this stuff. And because I was skeptical and I'm trained as an attorney and I practice as an, as, as an attorney when my, uh, before the twins were born when my son was uh, a baby, I got into the neuroscience. And then I started taking those classes. And then I rewired my brain. And then I became a teacher And then I'm like, God, this is awesome. I healed myself. I started teaching people. And then that was that. That's how that all happened. Because I was a whack job is how it happened.
0: (laughs) Well, it's interesting. My wife's name is Julie, and she's also an attorney. And I'm sure she could probably benefit from your teachings, too. I'm going to have to share this with (laughs) her later. (laughs) Totally. Uh, But, yeah, so, I mean, it was really getting to that breaking point in your own stress that the doctor was saying, Julie, you're really – You've got to manage this or it can lead to, I mean, we know stress. We talk about drinking juice and stuff and eating healthier, but stress can be the number one cause of disease, right?
1: Yeah, I was so stressed out that the wrong words came out of my mouth all the time. I'd say cappuccino instead of cappuccino or maginal instead of magical. So that's why I thought I had a brain tumor. Literally, the wrong words came out of my mouth. Like I'd think one word and say something else. I was that stressed out. I also was clinically
0: depressed, Wow. That's, yeah, I could see why they would think that's something to do with neurological injury. If that, wrong exactly. words, right? So let's talk about, because in the book you talk about unhooking uh-huh. um, your parenting so you can be more in touch with your own happiness. What do you mean by that?
1: So there's this, um, there's this sentence, like you're only as happy as your least happy child. People say that all the time. Have you ever heard that?
0: Yeah, I've heard that. So I haven't heard, but I have to be honest, I haven't heard that in a long time.
1: Okay. So originally I wrote in the book, the person that said that is either an idiot or a masochist. And my editor (laughs) took it out. She said, you can't say that people actually say that you don't want to offend anyone. So I changed it in my book to like, if you believe that you'd be one unhappy cookie. Like I totally, some of my incredible. Now you go on
0: interviews and you just say it like it is.
1: Well, hey, I am authentic, but um,
0: that is some great. of my
1: mass, massive snarkiness and sarcasm did get wiped out of that um, first manuscript. Um, mm. So anyway, people used to say that to me all the time. And my kids were dirty, rotten stinkers for a short period of time. They're fantastic now. They're in their 20s. But if I was only as happy as them, I'd be miserable. So I had to figure out how to take care of myself, love myself, fill myself up so that I could manage them.
0: What were some of the tools you implemented and that you're finding most useful to maintain the calm in an otherwise crazy world, which I agree, it seems to be getting crazier?
1: Well, if you live in America, it definitely is, right? Right. Um, So I'd say the number one tool is meditation, And people say, what kind of meditation? It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter whether it's transcendental meditation, guided meditation, loving kindness meditation, Tai Chi, which is movement meditation, or Qigong, which is movement, walking meditation. I don't care what, but you need to stop your brain from ruminating and from worrying. You're wired because you're a primate to worry and ruminate. You got to give that a break. So anytime you focus your attention on something else, you're giving your brain a break. Mm. So meditate. I recommend the Insight Timer. Do you know the Insight Timer?
0: Oh, I love that app.
1: Yeah, it's the best.
0: Well, not everyone might know. It's called Insight Timer, and it's a free app, uh, which is amazing, because and it has like thousands of meditation teachers on that and intentional meditation. I was using that for a while. Thanks for reminding me. I want to get back to that.
1: You need to do it, like, seriously every single day. And whether it's five minutes or 30 minutes, it doesn't matter. You just need to power down the brain.
0: So implementing the idea of going within to calm what's out. It's it's really interesting, isn't it? And studies back it up now. So
1: studies back up that you're going to have, it's going to lower your blood pressure. It's going to lower your heart rate. It's going to increase well-being. It's going to decrease anxiety and depression. It'll increase like your ability to maintain diet and exercise and stay on task. And just in general, you're going to be less reactive because it teaches you mindfulness. Like there's mindfulness and there's meditation and those are two different things. People get confused because it sounds like the same thing, but the mindfulness piece is noticing something happening in your body like you and I are talking right now what's what's going on in your body while we're talking do you know
0: Um, are you aware I know I'm hungry
1: (laughs) (laughs) so where do you feel that
0: that well first of all I haven't eaten anything today so that's the reason I'm hungry and I'm thinking good no it's been a crazy day but I've been getting lots of water and some juice in me, um, but I feel it in my stomach.
1: So, how would you work with that if you didn't have
0: food? If it was a hunger that that I had to, what do you mean?
1: So here's a trick or a tip or a whatever. Like you're like if you're hungry and your stomach's rumbling, you'd say to yourself like, "Wow, my stomach's really rumbling. I must be hungry." You know that's. Noticing what's going on, like recognizing it, like the R in rain, and then allowing it to be there. Well, of course, you've got to allow it to be there. Investigating why it's there. Geez, I haven't eaten all day. I'm having a crazy day. And Mm -hmm. then nourishing yourself, like, (sighs) what could I do? Well, I could tell myself after this interview, I'm going to have a nourishing whatever it is that nourishes Steve. And then breathing into it, trying to relax the rumbling. That's all mindfulness, all of that.
0: But then I get caught up in the, oh, I've got to get to the gym and what am I going to do? Am I going to eat? Then like the chaos comes in. Like, how do I eat and then go to the gym, but I don't want to. I want to work out and then eat. And how do I postpone the hunger? That's the other thing that would, would go through my head.
1: Well, I think a, I think just making a decision will stop all that. You'll just make a decision. Just, just,
0: just kind of commit to it.
1: Exactly. And then let it go because you made the decision.
0: Yeah, there can be kind of a chaos and in indecision, right?
1: Somebody said, and I can't remember who it is, but just making the decision uh, hmm. is so, so important for brain health.
0: Yes. And it's so freeing. When we're on the fence and we, we finally commit, it, it seems like there's a release. Like, thank, th- I'm thankful to let go. It's almost like a baggage. Exactly. You got but it. That's, yeah, that's amazing.
1: Yes, it is.
0: Yeah, and I, and I believe it to be true I, in my own life, and I experienced it today. So thank you for that, for the You're confirmation. Welcome. Everything seems to connect right when it should. Now, you talk about being our own BFF and that we yeah. need to take care of ourselves more and we don't. Uh, what are some of the things we can do for that that we, you know, start connecting with ourselves more?
1: So the whole thing about mindful self-compassion, I'm a mindful self-compassion teacher. The self-compassion is treating yourself like you would treat a dear friend. So it's, it's, um, it's saying to yourself, what, do you, what would make you feel good right in this minute? And for you, it might be a kale salad right now. <laughs> and, <laughs> and a workout or whatever. For me, it might be a hot bath with some candles. And yeah, baths. what is it?
0: is it is that what it is for you? For like right now, are you thinking, uh, after this, I, I can see taking a nice bath tonight?
1: Yes. Well, actually, um, I'm going to have dinner with my dad and my sister because my husband's on a sailboat race on San Diego Bay. And whenever he's doing his own thing, I run to my dad's because um, that makes me really happy being with my dad. Thank gosh! And um, and then nice that your
0: parents are local, or your dad.
1: My dad. My mom passed two years ago, um, right. and so no, it's okay. It's it's getting so much better every year. Um, so I I just mm-hmm. love being with him. And my other go tos are I love having a glass of wine. Um, if you're in the recovery community right now, I'm I'm just putting it out. Sorry, and good luck to you but i'm able to have a glass of wine and it not be a bottle of wine and i'm able to have a glass of wine occasionally and it not be every day so i love to have a good glass of wine i love to take a hot bath sometimes i put candles in there i i love my tribe of friends you know so if i need to i'll reach out to a friend like i have I love being out in nature. I love sailing. Mm. So I have. Um, I recommend people write a whole list of what gives them joy. And then if they're in a difficult time in their life, they just need to look at the list and pick something and do it.
0: It's good that you bring up tribe because as we look at the studies now, more and more people are disconnected and have less confidence you know, people close to them that they can even rely on. And so how do, what are some of the tools that we could start, um, you know, growing community and connecting more? Because this Internet world, it's an artificial connection in a way. Yeah,
1: it's, it's sort of a double-edged sword because I feel like I'm connecting with you right now. Yes. And I'm in, this, um, I'm in this community for deepening practice that's an eight-month-long class on Zoom like you and I are right now. But there's um, like 14 or 16 of us. And it's every single Tuesday morning at a specific time for two hours. So we're all all over the world. But in San San Diego where I live, it's at 9 in the morning on Tuesdays till 11 in the morning on Tuesdays, which isn't wonderfully convenient for me. And because I've been traveling so much to the Pacific Northwest, I keep missing like on and off I'll miss these classes and then I'll come back to the class and I'll be like, Oh, that was awesome. I'm so happy to see everybody. Like uh, I had the class I had it yesterday morning and I was like, Oh my God, it was so great to be with everybody again. And my husband commented, isn't that crazy? You've never met these people. And I'm like, Oh yes, I have. And we have message boards that we communicate on. Like we're an absolutely, nourishing community of people who share values so the internet can provide that
0: i have the same thing thing. i have a business mastermind of women all over the world phenomenal authors leaders and we connect we've never been in the same room but i feel like we've been doing it for like two years now and they are like some of my closest friends it's very it's so i agree with what you're saying it is like a double-edged sword in a way where it's it can be disconnected, but it can also bring us together no matter where we are. There's no way we'd be able to have a mastermind in real life. Real, real life. Right. Real you life.
1: Know? Virtual life. But, but what you're saying is, what I think what I hear what you're saying is, it's your intention. Right? Your intention with that mastermind is community. It's real authentic sharing and community. It's not like you're just by yourself surfing Facebook for two
0: hours. Right. That's right. And I think that's part of it, right? That's part of why they say people are less connected than they were. or community isn't like it used to be.
1: Right. But you can, you can find it if you want it. I'm going to Bhutan, for crying out loud, for 10 days in October, on a mindful self compassion 10-day tour of bhutan like with with probably 7 or 12 other human beings i mean that's going to be amazing and we're going to make a tribe and i only know two of the people the two, the two leaders are two colleagues of mine that i happen to adore and so it's going to be it's going to be epic
0: yeah experiences are the thing now you also talk about um Compassion, you know, the, the bust the bra and getting yourself to bust your bra. Do you want to talk a little more about that?
1: Yeah, so um, so loving-kindness meditation can give you a, a heart-opening feeling where you're almost like it's like you're radiating love out of your chest. And I don't know if you've ever been to like a mindfulness retreat, have you ever been to a mindfulness retreat, Steve?
0: Um, yeah, I, it's been a while, but yeah, I've been to a bunch of different things.
1: So sometimes what'll happen is they'll do an exercise where you're sort of walking around and you're you're not speaking, but you're looking at each other and you're just feeling like like love coming mm. out of you to the other people and then to you. You can you can learn to do that by wishing other people well, like I can look at you right now and I can say in my, I'll say it out loud, but it would normally be in my head. May you be safe. May you be safe. May you be happy. May you be healthy. May you be as healthy as you can possibly be. And may you live with ease. May you live with ease. And when you get in the practice of wishing other people these blessings, you feel a softening or an opening or a radiating or a something, that's the mindfulness piece, in your heart. And studies have shown that it makes people more altruistic. So if you're going to be doing a meditation, it might as well be a loving-kindness meditation, you get two, two bangs for your buck. So when I teach meditation... I'll start with the breath. I'll move to a word or a phrase. I'll always move into loving kindness meditation because I want humanity's bar to be raised, right? We want everybody to be better humans. And then when they come into contact with other humans, they're going, other, they're going to mirror neurons and everybody will get a little better as humans. Humanity could get a little better. Um, and then I'll usually end the meditation with just open awareness, just so people can drop the focus of their attention and just see what comes up and try not to attach to what comes up. Just try to let it float in and float out of their awareness.
0: We're here with Julie Potiker on Juice Guru Radio, author of the new book, Life Falls Apart, But You Don't Have To. And we'll have links to that and her website at JuiceguruRadio.com under the show notes here. You know. It's mindfulmethodsforlife.com to find out what she's up to and you know get a copy of the book for yourself. Highly recommended. Um, and so also, Julie, another thing you mentioned in the book is um, the importance of getting in touch with our core values and how that helps us get back on track if, if life gets crazy. How, do you want to expand on that a little?
1: Well, yeah. I mean, um, the core value thing is kind of – central, I think, um, in terms of figuring out what's going to make you happy. Because when you're not living in accordance with your core values, there's a dissonance and you feel unbalanced. So there's there's this thing called Musar, which is an ancient study of core values. It's in Judaism. And it's made somewhat of a comeback in the last you know, probably 10 years, but it's from the 1500s. Um, and there's a, actually a Musar Institute on the East Coast, uh, which is helping revive this ancient study. And the deal is you take a core value, let's say patience or anything, honesty or truth or whatever, and you work on that core value every day for a week by putting little reminders around on three-by-five cards and by journaling when it came up during the day and by talking to a study partner. So for patients, it was open up a space between the match and the fuse. That's the quote that I picked. And I'm still working many, many years later on that one core value because it's a doozy, patience. Um, but, you know, if you, if you take some time to think about what your core values are you can recalibrate your compass so that you're living in accordance with your core values for the most part like if your core value if one of your core values is travel and you know you can't go to bhutan this year because you've got little kids or you don't have the money or you know whatever it is uh, maybe reading travel books would be helpful or maybe going away for a weekend somewhere near where you live would be helpful you know
0: so that's you, the whole. Do you also uh, apply any of the uh, you know manifestation or creating reality things into the into, oh, Actually I wanted to ask about that but I also wanted to ask about as a, uh, an attorney, you know, and your core values and living your core values, are you still practicing that or is this the direction you're going now with teaching mindfulness and making this your life's work?
1: Yeah, no, this is my wife, this is my life's work. This is a calling. Um, I stopped practicing law when I moved to California 25 years ago and I use the, I use the degree. I think once you're trained, like to think like that, it's, it's helpful in everything that you're doing when you're, I I did non non nonprofit work for 20, 20 years. Um, and I think just being a lawyer helps. But um, I don't think practicing it as a lawyer was necessarily the right career for me. I think I just did it because I actually never really talked about this. I think I just did it because I didn't think I was going to make it on Broadway. And I wanted it.
0: <laughs> are you, you're an East Coaster, aren't you? I could tell. Midwest. Are you, where are you from? New York? Cleveland. Oh, Cleveland. Okay. <laughs> I, we were New Jersey and we're, we're transplants out here. Oh really? Um, you're in San Diego.
1: Yeah, I'm in San Diego.
0: Okay, sorry to veer off track completely. No, that's like, all oh, good. Like, I wonder if she's from New York because she, so you chose law because you weren't going to make it on Broadway. So you you definitely have the theater in the background too.
1: Yeah, yeah, I was a theater major in college, and oh, nice. um, and I I just sort of panicked because I wanted a regular paycheck. So um, mm-hmm. I be- I became a lawyer. My sister was a lawyer. I I thought it would be a good thing to do, but then. I I didn't really enjoy it, honestly, Um, and so it wasn't very hard for me to leave it when we moved to California 25 years ago. I practiced law in Detroit. We lived in Detroit before.
0: So, I mean, it all comes full circle. You're living your passion while you get to perform by getting up on stage or getting the message out, and it's still a performance in a way when you think about it.
1: I have to tell you, teaching is the most fun thing in the world for me. I mean, it's it's a ball and. And when I do a a lecture, you know, like a keynote or whatever, it's the Q&A that's so fun because it's like talking to you.
0: Yeah. And I'm having a really good time here. So what are we saying? Getting back to my audience. I know it's like you're listening in on two friends having a conversation, but (laughs) let me me try to stay on track here. It's you know, but we're having a lot of fun. I know everyone else is too. So for those that say they're too busy for meditation, because I hear that all the time, like how do I fit it into my day? It's already chaos, and even my wife says that all the time. So what do you, what are some fast ways anyone can can become more mindful in their life?
1: Okay, I have to say two things about that. The first one is bullshit. You're not too busy to <laughs> meditate. Okay, I have to call that one out because on Insight Timer, mm-hmm. it's like. Do you have zero to four minutes? You know, pick a one-minute meditation just to start practicing it. Um, The second thing is if you get to a meeting early, sit in your car and pick a meditation and do it. The third thing is is if you're working full-time before you get home and before you walk in the door, do a five-minute meditation. Do the one that Rick Hansen has on Insight Timer called Coming Home to Happiness. I was going
0: to ask, who's your favorite on there? My friend Michael McIntosh does a whole bunch. I love his. Who's your favorite um, meditation teacher on there? Because I put, I'm put i going to put the link under the show notes for InsightTimer.com so everyone can get uh-huh. this free awesome app. And who's some of your favorite yeah. people to follow on there?
1: I love Tara Brock. Um, I, I used to, when I was a new meditation teacher, I used to sort of channel her. Um, I I love Rick Hansen. I love Chris Germer. It depends. Like, do you want a man's voice or a woman's voice? Do you, do you
0: you have any of your meditations up on there?
1: Uh, my meditations are just starting to go up on there now. I also have a free, um, I also have a free podcast balanced mind with Julie Potiker, That's on Android and on iPhone that has some of my meditations on there.
0: Maybe we can promote you instead of the others.
1: (laughs) I'm happy to promote everybody. Um, There's a meditation studio in San Diego that I opened in memory of my mom called the Balanced Mind Meditation Center, which is why it's Balanced Mind with Julie Poddiker.
0: Diane said, just download it, looks great. And yes, please put the link to hers here. Uh, Can they find your meditation up on your website? Yeah, for sure. Uh, So, yeah, I'll refer, Diane, to mindfulmethodsforlife.com. And if you're listening, mindfulmethodsforlife.com. Just type that into the browser. I see we have a hand up. We will take questions at the end. Thank you for that. And uh, we'll we'll leave a little time for that as we close out here. But before we get off the radio, iHeartRadio and Juice Crew Radio here and open up to our friends behind the scenes here, um, Julie, do you have to believe in mindfulness for it to work? Cause a lot of people are skeptical and they think it's woo woo and new age and things. Do you have to believe in it?
1: No, you don't have to believe in it. It's brain science and you should just do it. I want to, um, I want to answer you about if you're not meditating, what else you could do? Cause that was a two part question you asked before. Yes. Um, you could do mindfulness in daily life activities. So, as long as you're paying attention to what you're doing when you're doing it, you're giving your brain a break. So, if you're drinking your coffee in the morning and you're looking at it, and you're feeling the mug in your hands, and you're smelling it, and you take a sip, and you're really into the experience of your first sip of your coffee or tea. Now, my audience is
0: drinking green juice. That's what they're having. Green juice. Okay,
1: so perfect green juice. Wow. So that whole well, if they're if they're um, they could probably do. Uh, they could probably do the whole thing mindfully. Usually, with my coffee, it's like the first sip. You could probably drink your entire juice mindfully. If you're brushing your teeth and you close your eyes to um, minimize distractions, you could have two full minutes of feeling the toothbrush on your teeth, your gums, tasting it, hearing it. That's that's mindfulness. Um, walking to your car, like any time you're breaking the worrying and ruminating link, the discursive loop of all of that, that's a mindfulness activity. If you're paying attention to what you're doing when you're doing it, you're giving your brain a break. All of that adds up to time on the cushion. So if you're doing that and you're not meditating, you're still doing good brain health.
0: Mm. Even when I'm juicing and I put music on and it becomes a meditation or when I'm cleaning the juicing, it can be a fun practice. Is that considered mindful too?
1: That's not a meditation, but it is mindfulness.
0: Yes. Okay. Well, it's Julie Parker. Julie, thank you again for being on the show. If you can uh, just close out with final words of advice, I think we kind of covered it all here. It's really comprehensive. Again, the book is Life Falls Apart, But You Don't Have to, and Mindful Methods for Staying Calm in the midst of Chaos. Doing great work, Julie. Thank you for being on the show. Any closing words of wisdom or something that we didn't get to share that you wanted to do, get out there?
1: I just, I guess I just want people to know that they can live with less suffering
0: and more ease. Love it. Julie Podica right here on Juice Guru Radio. I'm Steve Prusak, and we'll see you next time.
1: Thank you for listening to Juice Guru Radio. Find out more about us at juicegururadio.com. Until next time, get your juice on.